0: Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to our podcast, I'm Ed Klaas, and with me today is Lisa Laporte. Lisa has worked as a corporate controller, CFO, consultant, CEO, and founder of a range of organizations with a focus on startups for over 30 years. Lisa has developed skills in growing companies, building successful and diverse teams, and establishing strong and profitable partnerships through a company growth and innovate income production during the course of her career. Lisa has always approached her professional role with an eagerness to learn And a drive to become the most successful leader she can be. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Lisa.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Ed. It's great to be here.
0: Well, first off, Lisa, why do you do what you do?
1: I like to build things. I I think I started out building Lego sets as a child, and as I've grown in my professional career, to me it's about building relationships, elevating people, and doing something that also gives back to our community and to everyone around us. So I think I've always had this ability to just pull things together, and I just have always taken it to the next level. And at this point in my career, I intend to finish up what I'm doing here at my current company and probably have a couple more companies before I retire.
0: All right. Well, talk a little bit about something that I know you're you're really passionate about, and that is creating successful long-term partnerships.
1: Yes um one thing i've realized is that i think in our fast economy everybody's like quick let's move on how do we climb and get ahead and instead they should really just stop and really solidify and build long-term partnerships for instance here at our network i run a ad supported podcast network so we're constantly looking for you know advertisers so i switched from calling them advertisers and sponsors we still have a sponsor page to really calling them partners because i really don't want client. I don't want a sponsor. I don't want somebody short-term here. So what I've discovered is that I would rather find people and develop partnerships with them when it's ready for them, solve a need for them, but also to super serve my audience. So What I do is approach people and try to find companies that can actually, that has products and services that will benefit my audience and preferably a company that is constantly upgrading and adding to what they're doing so we can have long-term partnerships with them and showcase their new services and products on our network when they're rolling out and continue to do things that can A, elevate their company as well as bring great tools and services to our audience. So for me, that's a partnership. I'm not looking for a hard sale. I I have talked. I just recently talked to a company for like the sixth or seventh time over five years, and it's just checking in, seeing where they're at. Are they ready to, you know, form and solidify a long-term partnership, or you know, are, are they going to continue doing? other things that they're doing. So for example, when the pandemic hit being an ad supported network, I reached out to every single partner that was advertising on our network. And I said, listen, do you need to release your inventory? Like, are your budgets gonna be cut drastically? Or can I give you 20% in free ads to help you through this hard time in this pandemic? So to me, it's not about what I can get out of it. It's about how we can grow together and, you know, elevate other companies, elevate other people, as well as still bringing amazing tools to our audience that they can either integrate in their personal lives or bring to their businesses. So having, have this different approach when I stepped into sales, because I hate to say it, everyone thinks of sales like, used car salesman or creepy politician. And, and I just went, that's absurd. I approach sales like I do all my other partnerships. So, you know, we have long-term hosts that have been on our network that we've continued to be partners with, our sponsors, um, you know, even our, our staff. We have employees that have been here for 10 and 11 years because it's really about finding things that can benefit them as well as benefit us and learning to grow together and constantly being in touch with other people.
0: Yeah, it really needs to be a mutually beneficial relationship. I think one of the things that people most misunderstand about business is that it's not zero sum. It's not win lose. It's 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 actually a, a positive sum game. We're supposed to create value on both sides of the transaction.
1: Absolutely, and I, I I find that you know that's what I try to bring to the table. And when I you know when people will reach out to us and they're like, hey, you know, send your deck, send your kit, I'm like, hey, let's have a five or ten minute conversation because to me, I want to hear what are they looking to do where do they want to go? What, what do they have for ideas? And then I like to then take them and go and think about them, talk to my team, I talk to my hosts on my network. And I like to come back and go, Hey, you know, I have a really, a, a few neat ideas that we can discuss. And then we just start those conversations. And then if it makes sense to do business together, we do it. And if it doesn't, then that's okay. I've learned something. I have a new contact and I take, I, go to the next level. So that's how I've always treated, you know, partnerships in business. And I truly believe in doing what you say you're going to do. So if your foundation is not integrity, you shouldn't be in business. Um, you, You just, your word has to be good in business. And, and that's how it has been for me through my entire career. And I found, that always keeping my word doing what I'm saying I'm going to do and if I have to make a miss call and, and own it and transparency I completely believe in full transparency if something goes sideways or something doesn't work I don't run and hide from it I, 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 I approach it and go okay this didn't work out here's where we're at this is you know what can we do so I, I, I really think integrity and honesty is it needs to be applied in everything that everyone does
0: It's so important to set those expectations, especially with something like podcast advertising, which uh, this this podcast does not have advertisers, but I might do another one that does have advertisers. And I think one of the things that I always try to explain to people is that if you're advertising on a podcast, it's it's more of a branding play than it is a lead gen play. Uh, Don't expect the floodgates to open up (laughs) of of leads when you're when you doing it It just and that's just that happens to be the show that I do might be different for yours, but I think it's my my my. Point is, you got to be upfront about that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, well, actually, we we are highly effective. We have over 30 million downloads, unique downloads a year. Mm -hmm. It's probably greater than that because we stopped – we stop um, counting our podcast downloads at the end of the next month because once we've satisfied all of our impressions and our ads, we move on. So I would say about sixty percent of our business is direct response. They do want to know if mm. we're working for them, uh, and then the other forty percent is roughly branding. But it also helps. We we also help tie it all together because I won't sign a partner. The beauty with me is I don't go, "How much money do you have to spend?" and let me just slap you on my shows. I want to have a conversation. I want to know where they're advertising elsewhere. I want to know. What else they're doing? So when they come on our network, we're very clear. We have a one sheet that says, "Here's our sales process." We vet you. We find out what else you're doing. And then once we sign a campaign, every ad dropped in our network takes eight weeks to reach its impact. And the reality is, we're not a radio where everybody heard the ad and that was it. We're not a banner ad where we showed a hundred thousand impressions and we know we a hundred thousand people saw it. We deliver you know, a podcast. So people, you have to give people time to download the podcast. Then they have to listen to it. And then they may have the opportunity to go and visit the partner's website. So being a tech network, we can't rely on URLs and landing pages because, I'm sorry, landing pages or offer codes because the reality is um, our audience is tech savvy. They're going to Google a name, go straight to it. And odds are the offer you have on the main website will be the same offers or landing page. So typing more... (laughs) letters is like not going to happen with our audience so we offer things like pod sites which is a podcast um attribution so what happens is if somebody downloads a podcast that has their ad in it, they will track that for 60 days to see if that person went to their website. So we're able to show that roughly it's about three times greater on a direct response campaign, the traffic we send, versus landing page hits or offer codes, and probably six to seven times greater on branding campaigns. So there's actually more and more tools that help tie things together. And and we're just really straightforward with our audience. If you expect an ad to drop and to have a zillion signups the next day, that's not what we do. It takes 8 weeks for every, you know, podcast ad to blossom, but we also reach a highly qualified audience in tech that's super focused, and hence why our process, we heavily vet. We really want to make sure they have products and services that can benefit our audience. And if those if they don't pass our vetting process in that, we don't sign them. We move on to find somebody else. And unlike most podcast networks that are doing dynamic ad insertion, where it's a 30-second ad or they have a producer read ad, We don't offer that. We do host-read ads. So we actually take our time to do a proper introduction to our audience. So an ad could be three to four minutes. Sometimes another host jumps in. Oh my gosh, I do this too. And it's like a seven minute ad, but it's natural. Either there's a personal endorsement or an implied endorsement, depending on what you can do. And we really just are fully transparent with our audience. Either we know we love it, we use it, or we know who can use it because it's a service we can't use. Um, and 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 they're completely qualified for our audience. So we're highly successful. We sell out year over year. Um, even in the pandemic, we were able to fill in all of the advertisers we dropped just because people needed tools for working at home. And, you know, we are a source for people to come to to go what do we do? We're getting attacked. Or what do we do? We're at home. We, we need Zoom. We need this. So um, I I find our network to be very successful You know, for sponsors as well as for our audience. They really appreciate the brands we bring to them.
0: And Lisa, we have an exit question that we ask all our guests. And that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero?
1: You know, I have a lot of heroes, but um, I would say Steve Jobs is one of my, my biggest heroes because he didn't compromise what he wanted. He had an eye for and he knew what he wanted to have. And he had an alignment with his brand. So he's somebody I've always admired. I'm probably a little um, less edgy, a little softer, but I really uh, totally appreciated, you know, his mindset and unwillingness to compromise on what he wanted. So I tend to follow leaders that really have their eye on the ball and know
0: what they want. And lastly, Lisa, how can somebody contact you?
1: Well, if you're interested in advertising on our network or you just want to know more about tech, we have 15 podcasts on our network. I'm Lisa at twit.tv if you want to reach me directly. Uh, and if you're not sure why you're reaching out to me, reach out to me anyways. I'll point you in the right direction. If you're either looking for a show, you want to advertise with us, I have a VP of sales I can put you in touch with. And, you know, just check out twit.tv if you're interested in tech.
0: All right. Lisa port. thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Uh,
1: thank you, Ed. It's great to be here.
0: review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for sage thought leadership podcast